friend, welcome to Project Friend Podcast. I am your host, Meg. On this week's community pod, I'll be speaking to Tara from Trust and Thrive for part two of our people-pleasing episode. If you haven't already done so, give our part one a listen to learn about our own people-pleasing journey and the steps that we took to unlearn some of our people-pleasing tendencies. Today, we're going to dive straight in from where we last left off and speak about how people-pleasing affects relationships. So, Tara, am I right in saying that people-pleasing can have a huge impact on relationships? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I can speak from personal experience. I've, I've now been with my husband for like seven years, but before, when we first started dating and I didn't really recognize a lot of my people-pleasing ways, I used to think like, how can he not read how I'm feeling right now? How can he not overthink the way I do? <laughs> how is he not like reading into everything and sending me texts, asking me about the tone of my voice and that one, the lack of emoji and trying to read into everything? I thought like, oh, he just doesn't care. And I thought, no, he wants me to be honest with him. If I'm upset or hurt, he welcomes me expressing that to him. It was such a foreign concept of like, oh, we can communicate without this being the end of the world. <laughs> if we don't work on ourselves, we're going to expect other people to be just like us. Even subconsciously, we're going to think they need to fulfill that for me. This is what I used to think. He needs to know my boundaries. He needs to understand my limits. Um, he needs to recognize when I'm tired and just read my mind. And it was so unfair. And so as I've worked on myself and I've been able to be honest with him and just communicate that, it's like, oh, wait, we just talked for 10 minutes and we were able to have a conversation and now he actually just won't do that again or I won't do that again and we don't have to be in this constant loop of he has to read my mind and now I'm upset and now I'm going to be silent for a day <laughs> like all this unhealthy you know the unhealthy games that people play it must just feel so comforting and refreshing to be in a relationship where you know you get to just be yourself without all the overthinking and the possibilities and outcomes of what you have in your mind sometimes where I think for some people they are in relationships where there's this feeling of not being safe whereas for you it sounds like you get to just be your most authentic and honest self which is incredible something I was thinking about the other day was when you start a relationship and I don't know if it was for you the same way Oftentimes you want to impress the person that you've met and you want to come across a certain way. And I think that's very normal and natural. I think where it can become, I don't know, maybe um, a little bit blurry is if you're a people pleaser and you start to almost mold into what the person is looking for, because there must come a time where in that relationship, you're exhausted playing the molding game of being who they want. And I'm sure that must affect relationships as well. Yes, that's so true. Especially if you start out that way and then say, for example, like a year in or a few months in, you realize, okay, actually I want to start setting that boundary or actually this isn't what I like or who I am. Then they get thrown off too of like, wait, I was in this relationship thinking it was a certain way. And I know for me, I, I also like to think like overall, I like to be like a kind person and I like to, you know, be there for people and do nice things. It doesn't mean like that's only my people pleasing ways. But I started to set boundaries with time about even little things I didn't want to do. Like my husband, obviously he was supportive, but it was new to him. He was like, wait, oh, you actually don't want to do this? Or, oh, I thought I thought you liked it. Like I thought you were okay with it. And me comprehending that and realizing like, no, I actually think I just agreed to be liked. So 
of course, certain relationships and dynamics will still work in that sense. And then there will be other dynamics, even with friends where you realize, oh, this was only working when I was the person they thought I was. And now that I'm showing my true self or I'm working on my truest, most authentic self, I'm realizing this dynamic is not going to work anymore. And that's okay too. And it's no one's fault necessarily, but it's just a realization of as you work on yourself in any way, you may realize that certain relationships were only compatible when you were that person or when you pretended maybe to be that person even subconsciously that's so true and I think for a lot of people when they start to take on this journey of trying to almost recover from people pleasing they tend to find that when they do put boundaries in place some people disappear and I had a conversation with a friend the other day and she said I do put boundaries in place when that was my recommendation for what she was telling me and she said but once I put boundaries in place I lose friends or I lose you know the strong bond that I had with a family member. Do you have any advice for somebody that is putting boundaries in place and people are walking away? Yeah, I want to validate that because it's not easy. It's hard and it's it's scary and hurtful, especially if it's, for example, family that you have in your life or friends that you've had in your life that you really care about or people that you've grown up with, whatever it may be, that can be really hurtful. But for anyone who is losing individuals in their life for boundary setting, I want to validate that first. That is really hard and I'm so sorry. And at the same time, as someone from the outside, I'm proud of you for setting that boundary for listening to yourself. And right now it probably seems like the end of the world. It does. And it's going to be hard and you're going to grieve. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows and like, yeah, I'm saying boundaries now. Like, it is hard. You are going to grieve people in your life. You're going to grieve an idea of who you thought you were and that identity. And you're likely going to feel lost at some point. And at the same time, you are going to you are going to invite people in your life just from your energy that want to respect that and who are also going to respect that. And you never know that person in your life may appreciate that. They may need to think about it. They may just not be used to that version of you. And they might come back around, but that is so difficult. And I want to validate that. Absolutely. I love that. And I think what often happens is when somebody sets a boundary and somebody walks away, it almost affirms to them what their biggest fear was, which was the confrontation or that they would walk away. I think what's reassuring about that is that you wouldn't want somebody to stay if they weren't willing to respect your boundary in the first place. And I think there's comfort to be found in that, or at least that's what I experienced, was I started to value my boundaries because I knew what my values were. I knew what was important to me. And I wanted people in my life that valued that and valued me enough to respect those values and those boundaries. Yeah, exactly. And it's so true. Like it's very common. Maybe when you start setting boundaries with someone, you may set a boundary, communicate something. And then because whether they threaten you or they're like, I'm going to leave, then some people might think, okay, never mind," And they might disregard it. And that's even a worse feeling because you're like, I said it, I communicated it and I didn't hold it because I didn't want to lose them. And so I think going into this process, realizing that it is inevitable that we may 
we may lose relationships or it's inevitable that someone is going to react in a way that we don't love or we're not looking forward to or it's going to be uncomfortable knowing that that's very likely a possibility and that that's not our responsibility to control how they react I think that can also be comforting I'm not going into it for a specific reaction I'm going into it for myself once I communicate that I've communicated it we can have a conversation if I feel safe enough to do so but I don't have to change their mind I don't have to over explain why I set the boundary I don't have to make them realize that they should stay because I did my part I've explained it I said it respectfully I had a conversation and if I want to and if not then the rest is not in my control which is so hard for a people pleaser because we want to just hold on we want to say no you're fine actually no I love you stay and that can be exhausting I love that and something that really helped me was looking at almost a circle of what is within my control and what's out of my control and realizing that I can control my boundaries I can control my perception my assumption my mindset but I can't control how people are going to react and that's okay and it's okay if they don't react in the way that I want them to react yes exactly and that's that's hard for people pleasers when so much of your life is being hyper aware and trying to trying to be in control it's a false sense of control of other people's reactions but with time you realize okay people are upset with me they don't like me they're disappointed and then for many relationships they'll feel that way and then you're you talk about it and you're okay not every relationship is going to end if you're upset with each other it's normal to be disappointed and hurt and to also grow in your relationship some of my best relationships we've gone through those moments and we've worked through it and communicated through it and now we're even closer than before absolutely i agree so being a people pleaser this could be quite controversial but is there anything beneficial or positive about being a people pleaser? I think that's a wonderful question. Not necessarily like overall being a people pleaser, but there's so many qualities that many people pleasers have that it's not like, okay, now that I want to work on being a recovering people pleaser, I have to let go of all of this because I think that's common of like, okay, I don't want to be people pleaser. So I'm going to go the opposite end and say no to every single thing. Maybe instead of being assertive, we're a little more aggressive and we react in ways we don't want to. So there are qualities about being people pleaser that are beautiful and that can be, you can keep and hold on to, for example, the empathy of being a people pleaser. And it's not always, sometimes it's the control, but there's a lot of empathy that many people pleasers have because also there's a hyper awareness that many people pleasers have. And while we don't need to be super hyper aware, I think it's a beautiful thing to have to know that you can see someone and understand how they're feeling. And at the same time, it's not your job to take them out of that feeling. It's not your job to to shift how you feel to make sure they feel a certain way. So I think having that awareness of other people's emotions and how they feel can be a beautiful thing as long as we don't then change all of our decisions to adjust how they feel, but also recognizing that that is not my entire identity. I can be caring and take some of those people-pleasing tendencies without being a people-pleaser. And I can also set limits. So it doesn't have to be like either I'm a people-pleaser or I'm someone who's like a little more aggressive and says no and is like not really the nicest person. There's there's an in-between. And it's hard to find that sometimes, especially if you're like going from one end to the other, but with practice, you kind of get there. No, I absolutely agree. And from a fellow empath, somebody that feels really deeply, but also for a long time, I would almost be so aware of what I would say and what the reaction thereof would be because I studied people and I was observant and I listened very carefully. But finding the balance between feeling really deeply and caring really deeply for people, but still being able to put boundaries in place has probably been one of the most freeing things I could do for myself in celebration 
of my empath qualities because I didn't want to lose that part of myself. I didn't want to stop feeling as deeply for other people. I still wanted that compassion and love and care, but without it exhausting me. And finding that balance is what really helped me to still have those qualities without losing it completely. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, the more you are able to do that and to kind of set those boundaries and separate, okay, I can feel for someone, but I also recognize that's their experience. Just because they're really struggling does not mean now I have to sit and take on that struggle. That actually helps you show up as a better friend, as a better partner, as a better boss and employee, because now you are able to have your own space to show up for someone else without drowning in how they feel. So we've spoken a lot about what people pleasing is, why people, why people, people please. Um, (laughs) That's a real tongue twister. Yeah. (laughs) How did your journey of unlearning people pleasing really start? What did you do as your first steps to taking on this recovering process? I didn't even recognize what boundaries were or what necessarily like the journey of being a recovering people pleaser look like. So I wouldn't, I didn't like go into it like, okay, I'm going to work on my people pleasing. I didn't even understand what people pleasing was. I think as I started to naturally do things like, for example, say no to an invite because I just felt burnt out and then see how someone reacted or see how I responded or how I felt. Then I started to look into it and think, wow, like I didn't realize that I was in some way autopiloting through many, like a big chunk of my life, making decisions big or small, saying yes, or say no, maybe because I thought they wanted me to say no, doing things other people expected me to, that once I started to actually like say no, because I was tired or say no, because I was grieving, whatever it may be, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is new to me. I wouldn't have said no to this before. And I feel weird, or maybe someone's reacting in a way I didn't expect. And as I started to naturally do that, I then started to like research what people pleasing was and understand that process. And also I went to therapy and I noticed that a lot more too. And I went through a huge identity like crisis of who am I? Do I have to be this person I was for 25 plus years? Like this doesn't feel, feel like me. And so I also want to validate that it's so normal to feel so lost when you start this journey because either there's this version of you that you had for so long. And once you start to nitpick at it and take things out or even try to, you want to reframe that, it feels like, wait, I'm like, don't know who I am at all anymore. And so it's scary to feel lost, but it also was very liberating because I started to realize I can be whoever I want to be. I don't have to be that person that everyone expected. And it might seem weird to people in my life and be new and confusing, but I can't stay stuck in that because it keeps everyone comfortable. It is liberating. And I think when you you start to show up and show up authentically as who you are and rediscover all that brings you joy, all that you value, all that you want to prioritize in your life, there is this freeing feeling of I am just me and the people in my life get to see me. And it's a beautiful thing, especially when you have friends that have journeyed alongside you for a long time. Something I started to do when I was people pleasing was mindfully ask myself the question. And that was, am I doing this for me or am I doing it because they want me to do it or for them? And it was something so little, but I found it really made me in the moment reflect and think, is this actually something you've got the capacity for? And are you doing it because you want to do it? Or are you doing it because you think that's what they expect of you? And it started to have this whole mindset shift between what I actually wanted, which 
then took me on this discovery of who am I? What do I want versus what does everybody else want from me? Yes, that's that's a great question to ask yourself and it could be as simple or it could be as big as like your career and it can be as simple as do I feel like getting like ice cream right now or am I just getting it because I feel like I need to go and and that's really true like do I want to do this or am I doing this because I want them to see me in a certain way or because I feel like I should or because I just maybe it's as simple as thinking I've said yes to this many times before so I guess I'm going to say yes when in reality we can say no to things you've said yes to we can say yes to things we've said no to. And once we kind of like get into this pattern, we think, oh, this is who I am. I guess I've done this before. But it's okay to set a boundary and say, I actually don't have the emotional capacity to talk to my friend for more than two hours, for example. Like, I don't have to do that. Absolutely. And you speak a lot about boundaries. How do people go about setting boundaries? So for me, boundaries really stem from our values. And if we don't know what we value, then we don't really know what decisions we want to make. So especially as people pleasers, I didn't really know myself and what I wanted. Uh, My values or what I thought were my values were really what I thought I needed to be or maybe who my family expected of me. And so two set boundaries that felt authentic because I was so unsure. Like, well, I don't even know if I want this or not. That's a real thing too. Like, I don't even know what decision to make because I literally don't know what I want. (laughs) And that can feel scary. So for me, it's been about reflecting on what are my values in general? What, what's important to me? Like, you know, family time, like alone time, whatever it may be reflecting on that. And then with those decisions, maybe it's a simple decision thinking, does this align? with what I prioritize, what my values are right now? Is this something that connects to that authentic version of myself? And it might seem so hard at first if you've never done it, but with time, like even if you you might make a decision and be like, oh, I actually didn't want to do that. And then that feeling that you get from that, that's information. You learn, okay, I thought that's what I wanted and I felt a certain way. And now I know that that wasn't authentic to myself. Now I know that that's something I wouldn't do in the future. Realizing like this is a learning process. We're going to do things we don't understand or we may not fully know ourselves as much in this moment as we make those decisions and go through life. That information and those feelings that we have, that is information that we get and that we can then realize for next time. I love that. And I I love that mindfully listening to yourself because I think oftentimes you've been repeating the same narrative and you've been telling yourself, but trusting and listening to what your body feels is such a good sign of some steps that you can take of when you are feeling uncomfortable or at discomfort about your decision. I have spoken to quite a few people who have spoken about finding boundaries easier with friends and colleagues, but finding it really difficult with family. Is that something that you have found? Yes. Um, Family is an especially hard one because you've literally grown up with them. Like maybe the version of yourself that you're working on is what they've seen you as your whole life. But with family, they're often a big reason of why you may be a people pleaser or of why you make certain decisions. The values that they have often are the ones that we grow up believing we are and that we agree with as well. And so when we go against that and we're changing, part of changing ourselves 
is also without realizing changing our family dynamic, because as we change ourselves, the whole family shifts. If they're used to a norm, if they're like, oh, she was that sweet, good girl, that person. And all of a sudden you're setting a boundary and they're not used to it. It's like, who are we as a family? This is changing everything. And that can be any change within a dynamic like that is going to be stressful at first, is going to be confusing, is going to feel maybe like the end of the world to certain people. So with family, it can be especially hard because it's such a unit that one change with one person can affect the whole the whole environment. And like I said, often we are products of our environment. So they may agree with a lot of our old people-pleasing ways or like that version of ourselves. So when we start to change, it can be scary for the people in our lives, especially family. And I think so many people have been brought up in an environment where you do what you're told and to almost stand up as an adult for who you are and what you believe, I think can be a very scary process for so many people. But it also, to me, makes sense why so many people find holidays really triggering. And it could be that if you are taking on that change journey that going back home brings up that people pleasing part of you because yeah. that's where you learned it exactly and and if there are certain things you used to do to stay safe whether it's not getting involved with the conflict or not talking to this one family member or maybe completely agreeing with this person our bodies are want to feel safe so when we go back in that environment like we automatically may shift to like wait okay i'm back to being a kid like our minds will think like oh, i'm still i'm now a five-year-old and i need to make sure i agree or i need to be hyper aware again whatever it may be so it can be very triggering and it can also be very emotionally taxing because now we're setting boundaries maybe with people who we didn't set boundaries with before, or maybe we don't want to feel a certain way that we did as a kid. And it can also be very hard because when you're working on yourself and whether you live, if you live outside of your home, for example, your parents' home, and you're like, okay, I'm able to set boundaries. I'm working on myself. And you go back to that environment. And then maybe you're like agreeing to everything again. It's easy to feel bad and think, oh, I've lost all my progress. What did you do? Like, what did you do, Tara? You were working on yourself. You should be ashamed. You couldn't like hold that boundary with them. And so I think a level of self-compassion is so important when we go back to those environments, especially around the holidays, because holidays alone are triggering. But going back to an environment that kind of was the root and reason of why you may be a certain way is can be very challenging and it's going to affect anyone. So I think having that compassion of like, okay, I did my best to get through. This would be hard for anyone. It's okay. It doesn't mean my progress is gone. Absolutely. I think that's so important because I do think a lot of people feel like they had thought they would a certain level of their journey and going home, they realized that perhaps they weren't quite as far as they would have liked to be. But I think celebrating the small wins when you do put those boundaries in place is also just so important. I love that you mentioned that self-compassion because I think that's so important as a people pleaser. So oftentimes I think people pleasers put all this work into overcoming some of the tendencies they have. But on the other side of that, we have people who are aware that they people please, which we touched on earlier. Do you have any advice or helpful tips for people that have a friend or a colleague or a family member or even a spouse that is a people pleaser on how to help them in the relationship or the friendship or even in the workplace? Yes, that's that's a great question. And that can be a difficult one too, because especially if you have been a people pleaser, you understand and you can kind of see the signs and it's so easy to want to fall back into, wait, do you actually feel this way? Or like you want to read into it a little bit. I think one of the best ways you can help is by modeling it. For example, that you might set a boundary with them, 
and be honest with them and they might get uncomfortable because they're not used to it or because it's not something they would do. But I think the best way to model or the best way to show someone they can be themselves and they can be honest with you is by modeling that and by being honest with them. So maybe it's saying, I actually, I can't make it to this. I won't, I, um, I'm not going to make it to this. Thank you for letting me know. And they might take it personally or think, why aren't they over explaining? And they might be uncomfortable and that's okay. But then you're creating that space where they can do the same, whether or not they're able to, you can ask them and say, are you able to come like, yes or no? And if not, that's okay. And them seeing that like, oh, it's not the end of the world. If I'm honest with them, they'll still love me. They'll still be there. They'll still respect me. If I'm not over explaining, that's such a beautiful thing. You know, it might not happen in one moment, but with time, they may notice that. Of course, there are some circumstances where the other people pleaser may not realize that and they may be uncomfortable and that's okay. That's their journey. We can't change people. We can't make them see what we see. But I think the best way is to just do our thing, model it, be ourselves and be understanding and even encourage them. Like I tell my friends, like, I'm proud of you for setting that boundary. Thank you. Like if they set a boundary, thank you for letting me know. Thank you for being honest with me. Thank you for communicating something that made you uncomfortable. Now I can show up as a better friend. And when people hear that, like, oh, they appreciated that I actually was honest with them and they don't hate me for that. Okay, now I know to continue doing that. So I think acknowledging when they do show up in that way and then also modeling it just by being that yourself can be helpful. I love that acknowledgement. And I think oftentimes people feel bad when they are honest. And at times I, I think because I'm at the place that I am now, maybe my younger self would have taken it personally. But now when somebody's really honest, I find it really refreshing for people who believe that they can't unlearn or break the cycle of people pleasing. Do you have any final words of advice? Because I think for many people, they recognize their people pleasing tendencies and there might be some fear around, is this going to be the rest of my life? Yes. I want to validate anyone who feels that way. Even me, who's like, I'm working on my people pleasing tendencies. I have literally days where I'm like, I'm back to it. <laughs> I react in a way I'm not proud of. I said yes to something I didn't want to say yes to. I want to share that it truly is a lifelong journey. And there's no destination you reach where you're like, okay, now I'm super confident. I mean, everyone's different. Let me put that out there. But for me, what I've experienced is there's no end destination where it's like, okay, now I'm super confident. And now I know when to say no, when I know myself hundred percent, it's something that is going to continuously be something we work on. And as our values change and we have more experiences and we have different needs, our boundaries will change too. And so to anyone who's experiencing that, like I'm stuck in this forever, little changes are the big things we can do. Even the fact that you're listening to this now, whoever's listening to this and is aware of this, that is a change. That is something that maybe you didn't have a few years ago. So it doesn't have to be something that changes in just one month or in one day, but a lifelong little incremental changes make all the difference. And it's okay to fall back. It's okay to make those mistakes. It doesn't mean that you're stuck in that forever. I just want to validate that as someone who calls themselves a recovering people pleaser, I fall back into my people pleasing ways all the time. And I see the recovering people pleaser as a constant, a constant way that I continue to show up and to give myself compassion 
if you tell yourself, I'm going to work on it and I'm going to try day by day, just take it day by day. And you're going to have days where you don't feel proud. You're going to have days where you fall back. You're going to have days where you regret your decisions. And then you're going to have other days where you're like, I did that. I wouldn't have done that five years ago. And I'm so proud. And that's the journey. It's not a destination. It's truly a lifelong journey. Absolutely. And I think thinking of my own journey, it's only until you really sit and reflect and really look at your journey up to now that you realize how many small successes have built up to what feels like now a very big success because my life in my you know school going years or even my early 20s was very different to what it is now and if I had stopped then it wouldn't have been but it was continuously showing up despite feeling like there was a setback and I think that's the joy of the journey is that there are ups and downs but that it is a journey and it's a continuous effort. Exactly. I appreciate it. And I, I, I definitely relate to a lot of what you said. And I appreciate you sharing your journey as well. Thank you. And I appreciate you sharing your journey. Today has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing just all your knowledge and your guidance. You are so relatable. And like I said, I was nodding my head throughout this whole episode because I agree with so much of what you've shared. Do you have any final words of advice or anything that you'd like to share? Yes. Um, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, this has been so much fun. And I feel like I've learned so much about myself from this conversation. Honestly, I was like, yes, I agree. <laughs> and like, I would say things and think like, oh, I didn't even recognize that about myself. So thank, thank you for you. creating this safe space. Thank you. A great person to have a conversation with. Um, so yeah, if you, if you want to learn more and just kind of follow along my journey, um, you can find me at Trust and Thrive on Instagram, TikTok. I've that's one thing I've worked on is just being more authentic too with posts. Like I used to think like, oh, I need to show up like I need to record like so fancy and sit down. And now I'm just trying to do what feels right and be myself. And it's been really fun. And I've started the I um Instagram subscription. So I'm hoping to do more specific lives on boundary setting, boundary guilt, which is very normal and a lot of different topics related to that. And I just want to say to anyone who is listening to this and on this journey that you're not alone, even when it feels like it, even if you are the one person in your family, in your environment, in your home that feels like the outsider because you're challenging the dynamic, you're changing something, you are doing an amazing job and you are not alone. And it's okay to have those hard days and it's okay to feel confused, but the fact that you're here, you're listening, you're open to this change is such an incredible, beautiful thing. And to keep going and know that there are communities out there like this podcast, like other shows and places online that will remind you that, that you're not alone. Thank you, Tara. That is so empowering. And I really hope that this episode will be that to anybody listening, that it's a space where a people pleaser feels seen and heard, but also where they feel empowered to start the journey at least and to show up for themselves ultimately. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Megan. Thank I appreciate you. it. I look forward to continue following you and we'll stay connected. Having had this recording, I feel like I know you a lot better yeah, as well, which too. is always it's the best part of these recordings it is thank you so much thank you Tara. i hope you have a wonderful night okay you too bye. bye talk soon so friends thank you for joining us today and as always embrace the pace of your own journey and give yourself time to grow because you are capable of amazing things 